is a grand old favorite. Next on your list, Fisher's Hornpipe. Welcome to the Susquehanna County Historical Society podcast, Do You Remember When? Stories of Susquehanna County, recorded June 2022, featuring the news of June 1922. We've been adding music to the podcast from Fiddler Jehiel Kirchhoff, and we certainly hope that you've been enjoying it. Our music for this session is Fisher's Hornpipe, which was first published in about 1780. There may be a few of you who are not familiar with Jehiel's history. He was born probably on the family property on, as he called it, Dutch or Deutsch End of Irish Hill in Rush Township, Susquehanna County, on 26 June 1907. A few weeks later, he became seriously ill, which may or may not have contributed to the deterioration of his eyesight. He lost all of his sight in his left eye by age six, and having had very poor eyesight in his right eye through the rest of his life. His fiddle playing began at age three when he was given a toy fiddle. His dad played the fiddle and his mother the piano, and she instructed him on that. She also taught him the three R's, as well as science, including astronomy, philosophy, and of course the Bible. When he entered school, he was such an adept learner that he proceeded through six grades in the first year. He quick, quickly had a large repertoire of music that he performed as well as wrote, going on to be a champion fiddle player. I've certainly only touched on a little bit of his life. The Society has the book Jehiel, the Blind Fiddler from Lawton, Pennsylvania, by Ken Oakley in our sales room if you want to learn more about this fascinating and incredibly talented man. So the news of 1922 from the Montrose and Forest City Papers. The big news was a cloudburst that flooded the region. Shortly before 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon, this vicinity was visited by probably the worst storm in its history. The rain descended in torrents, and in a short time, the streets were flooded. The floodwaters that emptied from the skies raged and surged on the work of destruction, sweeping on like a miniature Niagara. Places were deluged as never before, and the loss will probably be into the millions in the district from Forest City to Archibald. The culvert under the railroad at Castle Garden was unable to carry off the swelling torrents, and soon the railroad tracks were reached. The water pressed the embankment until it washed away, leaving a gap of more than 100 feet in length and over 40 feet deep with the four tracks left in the air. Throughout the town, gardens were wrecked, some being washed away to the depth of two or three feet. Streets were badly wrecked away to the depth of two or three feet. They were left dangerous in many places. The county road at Wilson Creek was upheaved and entirely ruined for a distance of several hundred feet, and the roadbed is now a channel for Wilson's Creek. A home in Wilson Creek was badly damaged by the terrific rush of water which gushed along the county road through new-made channels on both sides of the railroad company's line. 
homes along the country line just before the turn of the creek were flooded to the first floors. The loss to the Delaware and Hudson Company in the flooding in its mine and its track will total $1 million. A 15-year-old youth of Wilson Creek rescued four children from one of the deluged homes. Farther to the west, at the DNLW stockyards in Montrose, the water tore a gaping hole seven feet deep under the railroad tracks, and the section men expected strenuous efforts to making repairs so that the Montrose train could come through to the station. At West Auburn, the water rose to a great height, covering the county bridge, but did not damage it. The water was never so high here before. At West Auburn, the water rose to a great height, covering the county bridge, but did not damage it. The water was never so high before. There are about two feet of water in R.B. Swisher's barn and nearly as much in the old part of S.L. Possinger's store where feed, sugar, and other products were stored, causing $200 damage. A woman who was with her husband and two children were riding in an automobile between Lawton and Rushville when the storm broke. She became terribly frightened when their car dropped into three or feet, four feet of water and stalled and collapsed. She was taken to the home of Bruce Dodge near Rushville and Dr. G.S. Miles called, but her nervous system received such a terrible shock that she died the next morning. It was impossible to reach Rushville by phone yesterday, but it was learned the unfortunate woman's name was Mrs. Williams, wife of Dr. Williams, and that they were returning to their home in Pottersville, Bradford County. Sounds like a horrendous storm for the entire county. Notwithstanding the fact that the torrential rain of Saturday night tore away some sections of the Lackawanna Trail, the celebration in connection with the formal opening of this famous roadway will be held as announced in the Democrat last week. Repairs on the trail are being completed and the road will be in the very pink of condition the opening day. The Lackawanna Trail is one of the finest roads in the world and as it bisects Susquehanna County, it should be a boon to thousands of our people. Many Ottawa's of the county will wish to participate in the opening celebration June 28th and the Democrat prints the general program for the day. The Lackawanna Motor Club will leave Scranton at 9 a.m. on Wednesday. It is expected to reach Summit Bridge, the eastern end of the Montrose Trail, where it connects with the Lackawanna Trail between 11 and 11.30. From Summit Bridge, the procession will move to the state line, where Governor Miller of New York and Governor Sprout of Pennsylvania will meet. Your Governor, Governor Sprout will enter Governor Miller's car as his guest, and the party will move to Binghamton where suitable exercises will be held at the courthouse steps. All members of the Motor Club and their friends will be served a box lunch at the Arlington Hotel through the courtesy of its manager, Mr. Tierney, while the officers of the Lackawanna Motor Club are being entertained at dinner. The procession will then return to New Milford, expecting to reach that point around 3 o'clock, where speeches by Governors Miller and Sproul and others will be heard. Now, if you did intend to go to these festivities, there were some trail rules. The pace, 25 miles per hour maximum, 50 feet or five car lengths between cars. Road etiquette, well, during the run, no car will be allowed to pass the car ahead unless it is stopped and any car being compelled to stop must move off the road to the right as far as possible, but under no condition 
attempt to drive on the berm. Faster than five miles an hour? Any car proceeding in order to stop must give due notice and signal to the car behind. Any car dropping out for any cause whatsoever must not enter the line, but must bring up the rear. Under every condition and situation, you must be governed by the trooper or policeman. By the way, members of the motor club wishing official trail pennants for their cars can secure them by giving their order at once to H.M. Cole, sub-chairman of Committee on Arranging for this locality. And of course, with the excitement of the automobile does come a few problems. Ira Johnson and Ross Tewksbury of Brooklyn, who were employed by the Endicott Tannery, had a narrow escape from serious injury and death on Saturday morning while returning home by that same Lackawanna Trail. When they were near Oakley crossing below Kingsley, they were crowded off the concrete by another car. Their Maxwell touring car went down a steep embankment and turned over. The top held the driver's side up and they escaped with slight bruises. And the last meeting of the Chamber of Commerce before its vacation during the heated months was held at Hotel Donovan Friday evening. The attendance was very poor, there being only 15 men to sit down with the distinguished features who had motored from Scranton to speak to and entertain the members. The first speaker was D.J. Reese, General Counsel for the DL&W Railroad and President of the Lackawanna Motor Club. Mr. Reese was most flattering in his remarks on the beauty of Montrose, saying that on a recent trip through several western cities, he saw no scenery to compare with Pennsylvania, and that Montrose was really her beauty spot. As a mark of criticism, he spoke of two miles of bad road on the entrance to our town and the length of time it has been left with no repairs and hardly passable. He said Montrose lacked a live organization to insist that this highway be given attention. Certainly glad that has changed. And other parts of the county are getting in on improving transportation. At an adjourned meeting of the Susquehanna Borough Council held this Thursday evening, the contract was left to Sweeney Brothers of Scranton to pave eight streets with brick at a cost of approximately $130,000. The lowest of the bids, that submitted by Sweeney Brothers, totaled about $182,000. This sum, while 20% under the estimated cost of the work, was more than the borough has available for improvements at this time, so it was decided by the council to cut off a section of paving from each street. The borough pays one-third of the cost of the paving, and the abutting property owners two-thirds. The borough share comes out of the bond issue of two years ago. And aren't you glad you don't have to come up with cash to pave your street? Well, we do have taxes, but certainly an improvement. The United States Railroad Labor Board, in a decision given out Sunday night, reduced the pay of railroad workers, with the exception of the men in train service, approximately five cents per hour. All classes of workmen, including 400,000 shopmen and 275,000 maintenance of waymen, are principally affected by the cut. This would certainly affect railroad labor in the area. And the men of the Erie shops voted whether to accept or reject 
the coming cut in wages also to strike or not the latter part of the past week. Israel reported that every one of the 900 men who voted cast the vote for strike if the expected wage slash goes into effect July 1st. In Jackson, it's been announced that the Jackson School Board decided to continue the Jackson graded school as a two-room school, hiring two teachers as usual. The decision comes as welcome news to nearly every resident of the community and township. The directors had talked of cutting the school down to a one-room school with the idea that it would reduce taxes. It was fair and right for the directors to make an effort to determine what the taxpayers wanted, and they are to be congratulated for deciding to leave the school on its present basis. It is thought and hoped by the patrons that Wendell Phillips will be hired again for principal and Miss Lily Parker of Rush for the primary teacher. A petition circulated for them has been signed by most of the patrons. The First Methodist Episcopal Church of Susquehanna is to build a $35,000 church this summer. It is to be built of brick and reinforced concrete with a main auditorium with the seating of 800 people. And the people of Montrose, who have keenly sensed the need of a community building here and an auditorium large enough to accommodate a thousand or more people, will be gratified to know that the matter has passed the nebular stages, a definite step being taken yesterday when the DYOS Club purchased from D.J. Donovan a large corner lot on West Church and Spruce Streets, known as the old skating rink property, as a site for such a building as may seem wise to erect. This is a large level lot laying ideally for the purpose, and the situation is all that could be desired, being but a few steps from the center of town. And the citizens of Montrose were urged to be ready for canvassers when they call. The following public-spirited citizens have agreed to make the canvas for the necessary funds for the Montrose Library and will meet at 8 o'clock in the morning at the library, Tuesday, June 6th, when instructions will be given and routes assigned. The canvas will begin immediately. The public is urged to be prepared to receive the canvassers. And on a sad note, Edward A. Hibbard died at his home near Toronto, Kansas, May 20, 1922, in the 80th year of his life. Mr. Hibbard was born in Springville in 1842. He entered the public schools and taught several terms in the county. He enlisted in the Civil War in Battery A, 1st Pennsylvania Light Artillery, and was with the Army of the Potomac when mustered out in June 1965. In April of 1866, he married Miss Mary Boyce Peck in New Milford Township and resided in New Milford until January of 1871, with the exception of nearly two years spent in the Pennsylvania oil fields. He then moved to Kansas with his family and located on the farm that has been his home for more than half a century. And a note about another veteran. Glenn Bates, son of Mrs. Oscar Bates of RD2, who left here in June 1919 to enlist in the Army, and a word on another one of our Susquehanna County veterans. Glenn Bates, son of Mrs. Oscar Bates of RD2, who left here in June 1919 to enlist in the Army, is home again after an eventful career. His duties called him to Antwerp, Koblenz, Vienna, Warsaw, Paris, Brussels, and other noted cities of Europe. 
He tells of famine-stricken Russia, of how countless thousands died from starvation. Being a soldier, he was well-fed, but the suffering of the people will not be effaced from his memory. The soldiers were kept on duty with 24 to 48-hour sessions and only four hours rest between. He said the Americans assisted greatly in relieving the starving conditions of the Russian people. He is now residing with his mother in farm work. The mysteries of radio were evidenced Sunday evening when Professor F.F. Sheffield and invited guests had the extreme pleasure of listening to the prayer service of an Episcopal church in Pittsburgh. It was heard distinctly and one would fancy that they were near of instead of being nearly 300 miles away. And while there was a lot of good happening in Susquehanna County, of course there are always a few rascals, State Police Edward Rose found a copper still and coil on the premises of John G. Gargle of Liberty Township a few miles from Halstead on Tuesday, and a woman at the house told the police where he could find a bottle of liquor buried in the sand, it is alleged. Gargle was arrested and brought to Montrose Wednesday evening where a hearing was held before Justice of the Peace F.I. Lott. Gargle was held on $300 bail to appear in the court of quarter sessions. James Maloney, who employs Gargle, went his bail. And while Claiborne's shaver was at Montrose with the election reports, some thief or thieves had the nerve to steal 28 of his best hens and two roosters. The parties are strongly suspected. If you were out there then, they knew who you were. section we usually concentrate on the people, churches, schools, community events. So a few interesting pieces. Mrs. Aurelia Brown, the oldest resident of Brooklyn and perhaps the old, per, oldest person in the county, quietly celebrated her 99th birthday, May 25th, 1922, at the home of Mr. and Mrs. J.H. Mead. Among those presents were Mrs. Lois Spears and son Wilbur of Orwell Bradford County, PA, and her sister, Mrs. E. M. Hine of this place. Mrs. Brown came with her parents from Connecticut when only seven years of age and all of her life has been spent in Orwell and Nichols, New York, until about five years ago when she came to live with her niece, Mrs. Mead. She is a woman of sterling qualities, quiet and retiring disposition and beloved by all who know her. In spite of her great age, she returns, retains her mental faculties and a remarkable degree and likes to have the papers and best books read to her. Although blind for many years, she goes about the house without assistance. She is the oldest of eight children of whom Mrs. Brown and Mrs. E. M. Hine, the youngest, are the only ones living. And not to be outdone, Mrs. Sarah Burgess of Oakland Side celebrated her 100th anniversary of her birth on Memorial Day. She resides with her daughter, Mrs. Robert Lee Sr. on High Street and enjoys excellent health. She was born in England and has been in America many years. 
She's been unable to see for nearly 30 years, but papers are read to her daily, and she is well-versed in the general topics of the day. Many friends extend congratulations to her upon re reaching the century mark and hope she may be spared for many years to come. Excellent news for both of these lovely ladies. Miss Flores McConnell, oldest daughter of Mr. and Mrs. E.F. McConnell, living about two miles from Harford, will graduate from Harford Vocational School. Miss McConnell has never missed a day of school since she first commenced going at the age of six years. She has been tardy only four times and then because of badly drifted roads. Miss McConnell is about 18 years of age, weighs less than 100 pounds, and has walked these two miles both night and morning. This is an unusual record and one to be proud of. Is there anyone else in Susquehanna with as good a record as this? I cannot imagine so. And the following students from Susquehanna County will receive their diplomas at the commencement exercises of the State College on Tuesday, June 13th. Ms. Dorothy Brower, Lanesboro, Vocational Home Economics. John Francis Callahan, Forest City, Electrical Engineering. Ms. Liguri, Sarah Fleming, Forest City, Education and Philosophy. John Edward Flynn, Friendsville, Botany. Joseph Carl Martin Muchet, Forest City, Pre-Legal. And Edward, Ralph Edward Thomas Springville, Electrical Engineering. And we know that as Susquehanna County residents, they probably were highly successful in whatever they did. And there are a few reunion notices. The sixth annual reunion of the Wilcox-Millard family will be held in the community build building in Dimmicks. Franklin Hill will hold their annual homecoming. The annual reunion of the Cronk family will be held in Dimmick the 13th annual reunion of the Very family was held in Fairdale. And in spite of showers, a very pleasant day was spent at the home of Mr. and Mrs. Ward Carey of Hop Bottom, the occasion being the 43rd reunion of the Tower family with 77 persons in attendance. And on the church note, the summer school for the clergy and teachers of the Episcopal Church in the Diocese of Bethlehem will be held on the, Mon on the Bible Conference grounds in Montrose. Courses will be given in pedagogy, in mission studies, social service, and special consideration will be directed towards study of the nationwide campaign, the Church Service League, and the Girls Friendly Society. The clergyman will read a book in the New Testament in Greek for exercises. The annual roll call held on Thursday last was well attended in Harford. 150 invitations for dinner were sent out. The arrangements for the dinner were under the direction of Mrs. O. F. Maynard, who was assisted by a staff of helpers. At the close of the dinner, Deacon William Benning moved a vote of thanks to the ladies for their work. The motion was seconded by Trustee Ezra Follett. And of course, we all know about Mother's Day and Father's Day. But I bet many of us forgotten that there was a Children's Day in many churches, and still probably is. In Harford, the Children's Day rally was to be a big event. A large choir had been formed under the leadership of Professor Sterling Harris, and they would be having their final rehearsal on Saturday. Mrs. Abel's class of young ladies is responsible for decorating the church. 
Every class in the Sunday School will be represented on the platform and will be having a part in the rally. Children's Day services will be held at the Auburn Four Corners Methodist Episcopal Church next Sunday. The program is as follows. Recitation, Lee Linaberry. Recitation, Please Give Cheerfully with H. Cogswell. Offering, Dialogue by Belle Linaberry and E. Brink. A bass, bass solo and chorus by the Minister and Sunday School. Recitation, Goodbye Children's Day by M. Linaberry. Closing song, Help to Make a Happy World. Sunday From the Sunday School, Mrs. Helen and Faith Bunnell of Meshoppin will also sing. Sounds like a lovely event to celebrate our children. The writer of the Democrat notices that one of the nicest occasions that they've had the pleasure of attending in a long time took place at the home of Mrs. Kate Asher on Thursday, the occasion being to tie quilts for Ethel Thorne, a former young lady from here but now of Carbondale. Mrs. Archer has asked each lady to piece a block and work the name of giver in the center, to which all ladies responded very willingly until 72 blocks had been given. Mrs. Archer was kind enough to ask all to her home to have the quilt made. Two very nice ones were made and presented to Mrs. Thorne, and she wishes to thank each and every one for the kindness shown. A most bountiful dinner was served, and surely there was the merriest group of folks, old and young, that we have met in some time. Although it was a very rainy day, the ladies braved the storm, and there was a large turnout. Several gentlemen were present, but they did not offer their service only at the hour noon, as usual, to which all did ample justice. So while we're on a light note, I thought I would read from a column called A Few Smiles. Today it might be called Dad Jokes, but a little bit of humor from June of 1922. Johnny Brown was the brightest boy in his class, but he was also the naughtiest. After a time, the teacher's patience was exhausted. She wrote a note and gave it to Johnny for his mother, who read the following. John Brown is the brightest boy in his class, but also the most mischievous. What shall I do? Johnny's mother wrote the following in the upper left-hand corner. Do as you like. I've got my hands full with his father. An officer was showing an elderly woman over a battleship. This, he said, pointed to an inscribed plate on the deck, is where our gallant captain fell. No wonder, replies she, I nearly slipped on it myself. This one is entitled Late Again. You're an hour late this morning, Sam, said an employer to his servant. Yes, I was kicked by a mule on my way here, sir. That ought not to have detained you an hour, Sam. Well, you see, boss, if he'd only kicked me in this direction, but he kicked me the other way. And one final thing. There's absolutely nothing the matter with you, ma'am, the doctor said. You should seek quiet for a while. She said, but doctor, look at my tongue. And the doctor replied, the same applies to your tongue. And again, just a little bit of humor. A little bit of brightness from the papers of 1922. 
to try to offer you a taste of the entertainment and ads before we go to sports and agriculture. So at Nicholson, a second open air block dance will be given by the Nicholson Community Band. The first dance was held on Friday evening, May 26, and it was attended by a large crowd. And the demand for a series of dances had been so great that the band has decided to hold these dances monthly. Music is furnished by the 25-piece band under the direction of L.B. Finkleader. Up-to-date peppy music for dances and quadrilles. Good refreshments, a good time for old and young. Dancing is from 8.30 to 12. That ought to be fun. Over at the Ideal Theater in Montrose, you can see Alice Brady in The Land of Hope. Myra stared from the rail of the ship at the huge statue which guarded the approach to the new strange land of the free and the home of the brave. Why, it wasn't gold at all, just smoky gray stone. That was the first of the disappointments that she was to receive in America, the promised land. And Mildred Harris in Habit. What are your habits? They may be good and they may be bad, but they are not to be compared with the habits of Mildred Harris in this unusual picture. And Catherine MacDonald in My Lady's Latch Key, a millionaire, an army officer, a stenographer, a fake count, and an ex-convict thrown into a panic by eight little words. It's something different and a two-wheel comedy. Make sure you see it at the Ideal Theater. And come, come, come to Springville on July 4th. A parade with band will be held at 10 a.m. That's the Tunkhannock Boy Scout Band. Prizes will be rewarded for the races. There will be clay pigeon shooting. Dinner, dinner will be served at the community center. There will be a speaker at 1215. Don't miss two baseball games commencing at 4 p.m. This was a full day. And fireworks on the anniversary of the Battle of Bunker Hill would be held Saturday, June 17th at fairgrounds. It would be a lavish spectacle in glittering and gold, sparkling silver, and flashing color. A concert by the boys' band would be involved. And a few ads. Live in the open this summer. Come up to Lewis Lake. Cottage and boats for rent. Attractive rates for information. Call or write Jerome Tonkin of Uniondale. And Crystal Store with C.W. Kittle, proprietor in Montrose, was receiving fresh strawberries now. Mr. Johnson has baked in this shop for over 20 years, as well as receiving fresh fruits and vegetables. And he knows just what the people of Montrose and vicinity like. If you've never tried his baking, try it now. We also carry a full line of fancy and staple groceries all the time, and our prices are right for the qualities and goods you receive. And this ad begins, Lightning never strikes, strikes twice in the same place because it isn't necessary. It usually finishes the job in one application. Are your buildings protected? The season for lightning damage is here. Obey that impulse. Insurance of every description is available from Morris and Titus over Morris's drugstore. 
Where do you live? If near enough to reach the store, cut out this ad, bring it to you with, with you and get a pound of Golden Glow Copy coffee for 25 cents. It's the kind you're used to paying 10 cents a pound or more from now for. From now until fall, we will have hot weather aplenty. An oil stove will make your house cooler, cook the meals quicker than a wood stove, and is economical with fuel. In stock for immediate use are Nesco, Perfection, and Florence oil stoves. All of this at S.B. McCain & Son, Rush, Pennsylvania. And one last ad that will certainly bring back some memories. In large letters is the word croup. For spasmatic croup, rub Vicks over the throat and chest until the difficult breathing is relieved. Then cover with a warm flannel cloth. Vicks Vapor Rub over 17 million jars used yearly. I think we all have a memory of a parent rubbing Vicks on our chest and covering it with that warm flannel. Things brings back some nice memories. In agricultural news, the Jersey breeders of Susquehanna County have, an arra have arranged an auto tour and will visit leading herds and have a basket picnic at Birchardville, to which all Jersey admirers are invited, cooperating in plans of the National Association for Jersey Week. Jersey admirers in clubs all over the United States are planning to host the Jersey Boost the Jersey Cow by holding picnics, auto tours, and meetings of various kinds. And over in Dimmick, Miss Myrtle Shelp of this place has the honor of being one of the three who passed the highest in the test of judging dairy cattle at Montrose last Friday, the other two being from Harford. All three will have the privilege of attending Farmers Week at State College next week with expenses paid at the Farm Bureau, assisted by one of the Susquehanna banks in sending one boy or girl standing highest in the cattle judging contest from each of the three dairy cattle judging teams of Susquehanna County. Miss Shelp stood first in the judging team here last September, and it will be remembered when our one-day fair was held. And a county tour to State College for Farmers Week, June 14 to 16th, is being arranged. Fine roads and educational programs will ensure an inviting trip. At a recent executive committee meeting at the Farm Bureau, plans were made for an auto excursion to the Pennsylvania State College during Farmers Week. The distance to State College is about 170 miles, which is a fair day's trip. Only 18 miles of this will be on township roads and almost 120 miles will be on macadam and concrete. The trip from Montrose to Dushore will see the worst roads passed. Cars will meet at 8.30 a.m. Wednesday morning and go over the following route. Fairdale, Rush, Camptown, Wyalusing, Dushore, Laporte, Picture Rock, Williamsport, Jersey Shore, Lock Haven, Mill Hall, State College. Rooms will be provided at from $1 to $1.50 per person if the Farm Bureau is notified, and meals will be about 75 cents. I cannot imagine a better deal. And as baseball season continues, the Jackson team and the Gillette team will meet on the Jackson Field Saturday afternoon, the former being defeated by a score of 18 to 5. The game was well played. The Gillette team with was Fred Williams, to whom the Gillette boys owe much for their victory. 
The Jackson Nine were working to raise a sum of money sufficient to buy new suits. They're making a new field on the farm of S.H. Lamb. Everybody invited to Saturday's game. The Montrose baseball team took a new lease on life in the county league on Saturday afternoon at Springville by putting up a fast game, trimming Springville by only a small margin, the score being 9-8. to eight. While both teams were short some of their regular members, the subs stepped in and made a good game. Montrose began scoring early in the game and were on the easy street until the eighth inning when they found that Springville had been rolling up some scores. In the first half of the ninth, it was anybody's game, the score being 9-8, to eight, and not until Springville had finished their last batting inning was the game decided. This is probably one of the best games yet played in the league, as neither of these teams has won a game in the league series up to this time, which made the battle all the more exciting, and both fans and players on either side were confident of victory up to the last. I always enjoy reading the papers of Susquehanna County and finding these little articles for you so that you get a glimpse of what life was like 100 years ago. I want to thank you for joining us for this session. We hope to inform and entertain you and most importantly, inspire you to discover your own hometown and family. From the staff at the Susquehanna County Historical Society, we look forward to seeing you around the county.